Hi everyone. If you like what you've been hearing, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon. That's H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. The Patreon's really the lifeblood of the podcast. It lets me dedicate the time that I need to play the games, to talk to our guests, to really set everything up and, and make everything as sharp as it is. Um, without it, uh, no cartridge really wouldn't exist the way it does today. If you don't like monthly pledges, I totally get it. Uh, there's also paypal.me backslash Hagelbon, and we can try and figure something out there. Or you can email me at nocartridgeaudio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I will try and answer your emails as quickly as I can. Thanks so much for your support, and enjoy the show. My name is Trevor Strunk, Kegelbon on Twitter, and uh, I'm here with uh, my friend and yours, Jocelyn, the ever-talented at uh, Gul Duchat. Uh, if you don't know how to spell it, you shouldn't be following her anyway. Uh, <laughs> Jocelyn, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Uh, what many of you might not know is that uh, my first video game podcast uh, was a collaboration with Jocelyn and Ian Williams, who has also been on the show, and a couple of others. Um, and unfortunately it, it sort of fell apart because Jocelyn got a really good job. Uh, and also yeah. we were all lazy, but the really good jobs really the, the main part, I think. Um, yeah. So, uh, I work at Riot Games. Uh, I'm in publishing. Everything I'm going to say today is just about me as a person, but, uh, I am in the industry as they say. Yeah. So none of this is about Riot. Uh, don't, don't go adding Riot, uh, for any incendiary things Jocelyn says about, uh, your various, uh, political preferences and things like that. Um, they will, they you will have high hopes you. for this recording. Yeah. Well, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and get you on a couple of them. I'm going to ask you, uh, some, some tough <laughs> questions. Um, oh, shit. Can I hit me with the surprises? That's right. right. That's right. Um, no, but yeah, no. So uh, that, that was the the Game Garden podcast, a, a fun little podcast we did, but that that didn't last too too long. But I think it is it is for the best. You you seem very happy over at Riot, uh, but today we're not talking about happiness. Um, no, absolutely not. <laughs> we, we, we're talking. Fun is that? That's yeah. No, everyone knows about that. No one needs to. No one needs to know any more about happiness. Um, we all we all know how to be happy. It's it's an obvious thing that uh, I no, am did going to. Did you ever to... read? Uh, did you ever read Sideways Stories from Wayside School? No, I don't think I ever did. I know that okay, book, so... but I never read it. Right. So it's by the author Lewis Sacker, who okay. also wrote Holes, which got made into a movie. So classic. that's how most people know about him. It is a classic. Yeah. So his other series of kids' books was called Sideways Stories from Wayside School, and Wayside School was supposed to be a 30-classroom school, but the architects fucked up, and it's 30 floors with one classroom per floor. <laughs> and so the books is just going... There's a couple of them, but basically each chapter is dedicated to one of the students. 
And so there's this guy named DJ who's famous for having a really, really great smile, right? Okay. And uh, one day he comes in and he's just smiling and smiling. And everyone's like, DJ, why are you so happy? And he doesn't answer. He just looks at them. And, like, he goes throughout the whole day spreading joy silently just by being being happy. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, the uh, the guy who runs the playground is like, all right, DJ, you got to, like, you got to tell me. Why are you so happy? And DJ just looks at him and he's like, you don't need a reason to be happy. You just need a reason to be sad. Whoa. So we're going to talk about all the reasons to be sad. <clears throat> wow. No, just kidding. That's deep. That's deep by DJ. <laughs> is the reveal that DJ is sad? No, oh. he was happy the whole time. See, I thought I thought it was going to be at the end, like DJ um, did something drastic or something like that. I he thought had some gonna... kind of deep psychological yeah. issue. No, this is from the era when children's media was like mostly optimistic and about like friendship and helping each other weird. and environmental causes. Yeah, it was like the weird late eighties, early nineties period of uh, like the Giving Tree or whatever. Four year old uh, television, from uh, what I can tell, uh, watching it with Tilly is is pretty much the same at this point. Like that's what that is. But I'm pretty sure once she becomes a preteen uh, and starts reading chapter books, it's going to get dark fast. Yeah, it was much less angsty back then. <laughs> so we're but we're today speaking of angst again. We're going to be talking about <laughs> depression and uh, and gaming, which I think like you know when you brought this topic up to me, I I, I was surprised I never did an episode on it because of course like it's something that I think kind of goes hand in hand. I think people are are very willing and very capable of connecting the feelings of depression and the like the urge to game at the same point. Um, I don't know. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, I think so. There's been a lot. Uh, I brought up that there's been a lot of talk because the World Health Organization recently um, classified video game addiction as a disorder. Yeah, I and saw that. There's been like a mixed reaction to that. And I think that for me, um, I can kind of understand their justification. But I think the more interesting question for me is how do video games like participate in or alleviate or exacerbate when I'm having a problem mentally. Like it's not kind of its own thing. It's all wrapped up in this sort of like ecosystem of misery, right? (laughs) Uh, Like at like it's most minimal and it's most maximum. Um, So I've been doing a lot of thinking recently because I've been kind of going through a rough time uh, about, you know, working in games. I'm just surrounded by them all the time. So it's not easy. It's like really easy to, just look at the world through that lens, basically. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry you're going through a rough time. Um, That's all right. No. But, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, like, the the bit on video game addiction that always strikes me, or video game, like, compulsion that always strikes me is, like, it is, you know, at its core, I'm sure, like, if you literally had to wake up and play video games in order to make it through the day, that might be what the World Health Organization is thinking of, but much like a lot of addiction, like alcoholism or, you know, any number of things that, I mean, even eating, right? Like a, like a compulsive eating is this way as well, where like much of the addiction has context clues and things that actually like inform it and change it and make it different. It's not always like, oh, I have to game because like I'm I'm addicted to Fortnite and I, I have to leave my family because of it. It can also be I need to game because like, it's one thing that helps another part of this ecosystem and nothing else seems to be able to. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually shocked that it happened now because I remember back when world of Warcraft came out, 
there were all those scare articles about like students dropping out of college because yeah. all they did was play World of Warcraft. Yeah, they, um, wasn't I would have thought it would happen then. Wasn't it the EverQuest? Wasn't it like uh, the the that the story was EverQuest? Like uh, I'm trying to think of the story now. It was like a South Korean dude who played EverQuest for like. 85 hours in a cafe and drop dead or something like that. I think that was Starcraft. Oh, okay. But yes. I mean, same, same sort of scare story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's really, it's a lot. It's different. It's really weird. Like for example, like whenever we'll talk, we'll talk about different levels of my depression later on a little spoiler. It's exciting. Yeah. No, um... I, I saw, I saw the drafts. (laughs) I'm excited. Nice. Uh, so I think, uh, like there's one, when I'm feeling in a particular mood of misery, sometimes I will just read like 20 detective novels in a week mm-hmm. and like, I'm not, it's not an addiction to detective novels. I don't think. No, no one would it's, call it an addiction. And I don't think they would call it that. Yeah. Yeah. They certainly wouldn't. I mean, it's just like, but that's also because like detective novels are considered like an okay thing to do. Yeah, but like that's that's the other thing though, because initially, and I'm glad you said that, because initially I was thinking, well, maybe maybe the video game addiction thing just comes up now because all of a sudden it's a socially acceptable thing to do. Like, um, you know, baseball teams are having. I someone posted some pictures from the Texas Rangers had a Fortnite night where like <laughs> the, like the the characters were you know or the the players they weren't characters but the baseball players were uh um you know they had their stats next to them and it was over like what, whatever place in Fortnite. I don't play a lot of Fortnite, but it's like, that's really, I think like um, more than any game recently that has just made things so mainstream and everything is like so mainstream about it. So I thought, well, maybe that's why like people don't think it's a weird thing. People don't think it's isolated, but at the same point, like books aren't a weird thing. Books aren't isolated and no one is saying you're too addicted to reading. You need to, you need to give up books called Turkey. Yeah. It's really weird. Like I, I have a bone to pick, about this specifically, and we don't have to talk about it because it's not really related to depression, except that it makes me depressed. Uh, <laughs> there was like, <laughs> there was an article. I want to say the New York Times, but I don't want to damn them unless I'm right. Uh, but it was basically like, fifty million gamers can't be wrong, and they all want Cheetos or something. And it was about the rise in Fortnite, and it was basically, it was making the. I hope I'm not butchering it, but it was making the point that uh, gamers are taking over. And one of the things that they said was that Fortnite has driven mobile gaming into the everyday. And I was like, Oh, that's um, incorrect. Mobile gaming has been in the everyday since what mean, about a long time. Candy crush. That's what I was going like, to say. Whenever we, yeah. Whenever we talk about stuff like gaming all of the time, um, only some really particular alarmist groups will talk about like Farmville and Candy Crush and like <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. And like something like 60% of mobile gamers are women and the age group also skews way higher. So it's hard for me to understand the people getting kind of like blown up about Fortnite when to me it's actually much more interesting to look at how we got to the point of Fortnite and all of the kind of invisible players who have contributed to the normalization of mobile gaming, which is also something that isn't addressed in like the video game is an addiction thing, right? Like, yeah. is it an addiction? Like, is it a gambling addiction to dump all your money into Farmville? Like maybe, I don't know. Well, And the, the addiction part of it, I and actually, I talked about this with, uh, with uh, Liz Rosher, or like a, I don't know, 
it might probably like 20 episodes ago now but uh liz came on to talk about her sort of like fascination with mobile gaming and how that's like the gaming she does and she made a lot of the same points you did which is like you know this is a this is a largely female audience um it's not an audience people seem to care about and it's an audience that like generally the games aren't treated very seriously by anyone but they're played by millions it's this very strange sort of like extraordinarily popular and untalked about uh arena so it's super interesting I guess like what what's so what's also interesting about that to me is like it only the idea of an addiction to a mobile game only ever comes up if you are talking about the like we live in a society kind of uh um <laughs> like uh chastising Where, or if it's money or yeah right so like okay yeah. uh you know my kids spent $800 on uh, on Farmville I had to Love change the data thing. thing and it's like oh oh geez you put, put Get on the news. You, you you're on the eleven o'clock, um, but yeah, I mean it's like or or it makes a ton of money, um, but it's always like it's always like oh everyone's on their phone all the time. It's not about you're playing a video game. It's about being on your phone. Yeah. So, do you feel like you're using video games as a palliative? Um, which I, I should say I do too. So it's not like. <laughs> Uh, it's not not as if I'm accusing you of anything. I would say the the worst part of no cartridge is that um, it has made it a lot harder to use video games as a palliative because I'm still thinking I'm like thinking about work when I'm playing uh, gaming. Yeah, you're telling me. Yeah, no, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, I mean, even more so. Uh, you were just I think you were just playing a game of league uh, before we started. Yes, I was. Oh. Uh, who do you mean? Uh. That's, can you reveal that, or is that not is that not something you could say? No, I can reveal it. It's just a tough. Qu- so the thing about League of Legends for the uninitiated is that every two weeks the game changes. Um, like we have a patch, and currently the cadence is kind of there's a big patch, and then two weeks later there's a small patch. Okay. So the game changes pretty seriously about once a month, and a little bit between that. So like right now, for example. So what I would normally mean is marksmen, right? Okay. Um, so that's like people who shoot guns from far away. So basically what they do is auto attack damage mostly. And they just got nerfed really hard. So oh. now I can't play marksmen anymore because they're going to get a little buff, I think. Um, it was too much of a did. nerf. Okay. It was too much. It made them unviable. Okay. So now I'm, I mean other things. <laughs> interesting i'm not trying to dodge the question no it's just it's, with league it's, it's very there are some people who like hardcore one trick uh a uh, little gang gamer slang sorry um they hardcore play like one champion <laughs> but uh i am not that kind of person i'm what we would call a meta slave okay which is that i don't like to figure out how to play a non-viable champion in a meta that is not conducive to them interesting okay so i kind of follow the tide i like that i i actually really like um I really like the idea of a meta slave that uh that actually helps a lot to explain that phenomenon. Thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot there to even in, to even uh, unpack, but I, I want to still ask you this question. So, like, do you feel like using video games as a palliative does that correspond to addiction for you, or is that something different? 
So for me, video games are always part of my life. It's just I use them for different things when I'm feeling different ways. Mm. I don't think that's an addiction because it's also the same with TV and books. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's just like the way that media uh, is in my life is that my habits just change at different points and I use them for different things. That like makes sense. Like the detective novel example. Right. Yeah, I mean, and and again, like addiction to TV, addiction to your phone, um, these things are talked about in terms of like why is society crumbling, not in terms of, you know, the the World Health Organization needs to step in, whereas, of course, video games are. Um, I mean, is it is it? A, no, they're also causing school shootings. Well, yes, but they've been doing that since the 90s. <laughs> so, I mean, I've, I've played enough Doom to know. Um, oh, haven't we stopped this? <laughs> I, every time I'm play, every time I load up a, a new uh, a new first person shooter, I just have a moral panic um, before I get into <laughs> it. What am I doing? <laughs> um, then I then I then I become uh, I become a, a, a moralist monster. Um, yeah, yeah. When I get on a bus and I pull out my phone, <laughs> I, I have to have a moment of oh my god, I'm ruining society by looking at a screen instead of. Talking to the stranger next to me who looks like they're on drugs. Talking to the stranger or looking out at the scenery of nothing. Uh. <laughs> I love, I love, I love the the seat like the 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 old like uh, the old complaint about cell phones, which is like, well, you know, we used to look around ourselves and see what see where we were. And it's like, man, have you ever even taken public transit a lot? Have you? <laughs> like, you see the same stuff. 30 times. You've seen it enough. Well, I'm just saying I learn a lot more about the landscape using Pokemon Go than I do looking out the window. That's right. That's what's up. No, you're right. It tells me the weather. It tells me the geography. It tells me the streets. It tells it you tells where the poles are. Local landmarks. Come on. <laughs> Your Pokemon went to the poles and now you are, uh, now you, now you know. <laughs> no, I agree. I like, and, and, you know, it's not, so, I guess, like, one of the things that struck me about your discussion of League is, like, there's joy in being able to disassociate. And I think, like, disassociating has a very negative uh, connotation, partly because of disassociative episodes with people, which, of course, are their own sort of thing, which I'm not referring to. But, like, disassociating from reality, like, being able to sort of, like, step back from reality, being able to, like, focus on something like uh like patch notes or like the meta in in a, in a MOBA or something like that right like that's something that is so deeply divorced from like everyday reality and the things that I mean for me certainly make me depressed that I don't know there there's 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 a way where like I can totally fall into that and video games provide me with by far the best avenue to do that for me it's kind of a it's kind of a weird uh slippery difference because so the one thing about I'm not going to talk about where I work too much but mm -hmm. one thing that I think that's generally true of the games industry is that people are constantly talking about video games around you mm -hmm. and it Riot there's only one game so you all <laughs> play the same game so when there's a giant meta change people will just come up to your desk and be like man crit ADCs huh and you're like yeah dude I know it's a bitch and like you get into this big discussion about like this weird fantasy world but it's one that you all share so it's I'm not going to call it a mass delusion because that has kind of a yeah that, a that also has idea. a negative connotation yeah definitely yeah but it's kind of like uh not only so this is like the one kind of 
it's like in one way it's a separate reality from the one like it's the same for me it's a separate reality from the one that's causing me stress and depression Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of overlaid across it because it's something that i'm con it's not something i check in and out of for the most part it's something that like i'm constantly aware of yeah i mean i wonder if like and, and of course this is different because you are constantly aware of it and you are making a living out of it but i wonder how much of the the um the kind of anathema to video games has to do with the fact that they aren't seen as like profitable. Like if you're, if your escape was say like, Oh, I just love, I love learning foreign languages or I love, you know, reading the classics or I love coding like stuff that we code as, um, uh, academic or professional or anything like that. Everyone would actually just like support that and, and celebrate it. Whereas, oh, if I'm stressed, I escape into a video game is seen as childish or, or, or silly. I mean, do you think that has to do with the profit uh, motive or, or am I overreading it? I don't know. It's tough for me because I literally make a profit from video. Uh, yeah, no, and, and good too. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy you do. Um. But it's sometimes I do get like, so as you know, like before I came into video games, just for the listeners, I was in academia and I left to work in the industry instead. Um, I was teaching about video games, sort of, I was teaching about creativity and information technology. And part of that was video games and the ecosystem around video games. And then instead of finishing my PhD, I skipped ABD and uh, came to the industry. And good for you. Thank you. But on my worst, and I was also like pretty politically active, which I now don't have time for because I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And on my worst days, I'm like, oh, my God, I skipped a life of at least some meaning to work in this thing that is not validated by anyone as valuable in the real world. And it's just a weird cottage industry of adult babies and i hate it and i want to die so these are rare days yeah just to be clear and i don't think that in real life but like that is it's it's a source of internal anxiety for me more than it is like external pressure because everyone around me is super supportive because it's the hive mind right yeah so of course yeah and i i I get that like it's it it's one of those things where you start wondering, and I mean, it's, it's very, you know, freshman year uh, sociology class of me to say this, but you start wondering like, well, what counts as a social connection? Like what, what is that? What does that even mean? And, and part of it, yeah. like part of it sort of ends up being like, well, it's just an acceptance that everything we're talking about as a group right now is valuable. Um, like when I, when I, um, when I went to grad school, well, actually just before I went to grad school, I got into sports and getting into sports was so helpful because all of a sudden I realized like, oh, I can talk to anyone. Basically, like, you know, if people aren't into sports, I know stuff that isn't sports. And if people are into sports, you just start talking about sports and then they'll talk to you. And it's like that, that is just as much a cottage industry f- fueled by like giant babies uh, than any, as anything <laughs> else. You can get hate mail, but we're both getting hate mail for this one. Oh, well, everyone, anyone sending me hate mail knows that I'm right. Um, that's the only reason you're sending it. Uh, but no, I mean, like that's, it, it truly is like, you know, the, if the people accept that it is legitimate, if people accept that like, okay, we're all into this and we all accept that like, this is a good thing to be into, then it's okay. And like, I think there's, there's something really affirming about hearing like people at riot saying like, yeah, uh, 
like this is crazy like oh this this game that we all play all the time like it changed it's and let, let's talk about it it's there's something so social in a in a uh a very idealistic almost like uh the internet will bring us together kind of way early turkle yeah yeah <laughs> there you go early turkle not late the, turkle the early turkle years no. before uh before chaos turkle emerged. <laughs> chaos turkle. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know what to say other than that's interesting because like the and I'm I, my Discord makes fun of me for saying that too much. Uh, but uh, in the, in marketing, when you say that's interesting, it means God, I'm not investing in that. Oh, that's that's so. that's weird. No, I <laughs> when I say code for that fucking sucks. I'm like I'm I'm such an academic that when I say something's interesting, I really do mean it because that's the in in academia, as you know, when people say something's interesting, it just means they have a bad vocabulary and I haven't read the work but also yeah think it's kind of interesting that was where i was coming from and yeah. i had to retrain myself to not say wow that's really interesting yeah it sounds well okay patronizing i'm gonna i'm gonna stop saying it now that i know that uh you know it's it's always fun to find out that uh other worlds exist and i am doing my best to keep myself out of them um my former advisor also uh left schools to do an industry job and at one point we had a catch-up call where we just compared the acronyms that we'd learned <laughs> in our respective industries nice. which was a really a really good one yeah i um i've steadfastly not learned any acronyms but i've also mostly stayed uh in the intellectual realm uh if you, when you're a public intellectual you just beg people for money all the time and you don't have to know acronyms for that um oh, that's great yeah no it's good it's, it's fun um so I'm going to sneak some in just to... No, please. No, I want to learn. I mean, you, you know Absolutely. me. I love learning. Uh, yeah. just, I, live, I live to learn. Luckily, I didn't have to justify the ROI of spending time on this podcast. Ah, there you go. All right. I know yeah. that one. Return on investment. <laughs> <laughs> My wife actually taught me that one because she was explaining, like, I was like, should I go to this thing? Should I not go to this thing? And she was like, well... Yeah consider the ROI. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Just walked me through it. It's a good one to know. I'd really like to understand Trev is, uh, the KPIs that you're looking to measure success for on this episode. So I'd love to hear later on, if you can uh, shoot me a deck with, uh, Oh no, (laughs) no, I'm freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just quit. I just, I just went home and started crying. Uh, leave call. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I just and then I'll get an email back saying, "Hey, I'm glad we were able to reach out and talk." Um, is reach? Do they? Do people still use reach out? I don't know. They still use reach. Good, out, yeah. good. That's one I know. Touch base. Touch base. You can reach out. You can touch base. You can ping me on Slack. Uh, I, that's the that's the good one. I uninstalled. Uh, well, I, I didn't. I my phone broke, and uh, when I got it back, it was an old backup, and I purposely did not reinstall Slack because it gave me. Massive amounts of stress, and my life was a lot better after that. Nice. Yeah, I I, I know at some point I'm going to have to use it though, which is uh, troubling. Um, so you said that you have like games do different things for you. So so let's go through this and in, in sort of a in sort of a preface to uh, what I know you have is a is a list, and I love lists. I should make more of my guests write them. Um, so I volunteered because this is how I think. Yeah, I know. I, and like you reminded me how much I like lists. So future guests can blame Jocelyn. Um, <laughs> but uh, so you, when you're happy, uh, what do you, what do you use gaming for when you're like feeling good? 
Uh, so this is actually the first thing on my list. So if you want to just Ooh, let's jump in, go into yeah. the list. Yeah. Uh, so this is titled the Offic- official video game depression hell tier list. <laughs> and I have nine of them modeled after Dante's nine circles of hell. Oh, boy. You can take the you can take the scholar out of the academy, but you can't take the academy out of scholar. <laughs> cool. Uh, so if they go top to bottom, right? Like the circles, just of like hell the circles from... of hell. Yeah. 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 When so you get the to the bottom, one... do you go to purgatory? Did you think it through that far? Or... Sort of. Wow. It's sort of, I'll just, I'll get there. Ooh, so I'm excited. The top one I, and we can, you know, I can give you mine and then we can talk about what your games are in the same circumstance. Okay, I think. cool. Cool. Um, so my top one is I'm in a pretty good mood today and fairly optimistic about the future. Which is, like, about as good as depressed life gets. Like, you know it's going to stay bad, but you know that it it might be okay. Like, if we can maintain this, we feel okay. Wow, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a rough one, but I know exactly what you mean. And it's a rare day. Yeah, it, it is. Um, So, on these days, the most notable thing is these are the only times that I work on making games. So I have like a bunch of different twine games that I'm working on and one with one of my friends that's like secret. And these are the cool. times when I'm like, all right, it's time to storyboard. It's time to like code that in twine. This is the only time that I actually make stuff. Okay. Um, the other stuff is mostly, this is when I get my competitive League of Legends playing done. So League of Legends has like a ranked system. Um, so when you play ranked, you get points, you can move up tiers or you lose points and move down tiers. So this is when I play like the, the game impacting ranked games. Oh boy. Yeah. Cause it's the only, it's the only time where if you lose, you don't immediately spiral. Yeah. You don't just beat yourself up for it for 20 minutes (laughs) and cry, which has happened many times. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of what my pretty good mood is. And like the occasional like RPG or platformer. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you have some good good mood games? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, you know what? I, I think I'm kind of like with – so I'm not good enough at any um, – I'm, I'm decent enough at video games to like play single-player games and, and beat them and stuff like that. Um, as, as I've been kind of showing and, uh, and surprising people in Twitch, I'm not so miserable that I can't you know make it through Dark Souls or beat a Shin Megami Tensei game or something like that. Like I, I know how games work. Um, but I'm not – I'm not as people. People think I don't. Um, I'm not as good at like competitive games. I'm just like I'm just not. Um, but if I'm in a really good mood and I have friends, I can really enjoy them. So I think probably my game that is so I I have not found a way to enjoy MOBAs yet. I I don't know how to enjoy League yet. I, maybe I'll learn. Acquired taste. Yeah, I I like watching it and knowing about it, but I I I can't enjoy it quite yet. But I do like shooters and I like. Um, I like playing. I, I do like um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds sometimes, but more and more recently, I've enjoyed playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege when I'm in a good mood uh, with friends because it, it, it feels like you're actually hanging out. It feels camaraderie, like like a bit of camaraderie. And if I'm in a good mood, I won't beat myself up for being the worst player on the team. Um, that or like a Metroidvania or something. Um, I, I, I generally play those to get into a good mood. Uh, so something like um, uh, I, I just played through a beat hollow night like that's a good example hey i've been playing that too i haven't beat it yet it's a sweet game um i really enjoy it's cute. it i really like the design yeah yeah it's beautifully designed that's probably my favorite part of it cool you ready for the second tier i'm ready i'm actually writing them down so i don't forget them okay uh i can also share you this document no well there you go now i don't have to type okay so uh so this is tier number two 
my mood could be better, but I feel like I'm hanging in there and have support from my family and friends. Mm. So in this tier, I'm playing slightly less competitive League of Legends. Like maybe I'll play a ranked game, get upset when I lose, and then we'll switch to normal games that don't matter. Um, And also at this point, I play other multiplayer games. So kind of like you were talking about with Rainbow Six, uh, I'll play like Diablo or like one game of Overwatch before I realize I hate shooters or whatever. <laughs> like, it, I'm feeling like I just want to, like, connect with people, sure. basically. Like, yeah, I kind of feel like shit, but talking to my friends helps. Yeah, right? definitely. I can understand that. And, and like, the, those games are really good for that, too, where, like, you're playing... It's not the kind of, like, squad game where you need to be using... Like, I, you know, I have to be, like, very unironically in a good mood or else I just feel like an idiot being like, all right, uh, clear in this room, clear like using military terms and stuff while I'm on my desk or whatever, uh, playing with my other friends who are leftists and anti-military. Um, but like stuff like, you know, I, I'm trying to think like, uh, sometimes I'll play RTS games, um, with friends like company heroes or something, or like, uh, or as you say, like Diablo or, or a game where like someone can kind of like come in and we can just hang out and, and screw around Des- uh, destiny Two divinity original that. sin is really good for this. Yeah. There you go. Way. Yeah. You can co-op in that. Absolutely. So yeah, no, I totally, yeah, really good. I totally get you there. That's, that's a good, those are good examples. I like divinity because you can disagree with someone and then have like a rock, paper, scissors <laughs> in game to figure out which <laughs> right. route you take. Yeah. Which is excellent. That is excellent. Actually. <laughs> I like that a lot. And I, I you know, it's, there's something really interesting because I'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with any game that I would feel like, I guess, uh, I guess like a, a, a single player first person shooter I'd, I'd play if I was feeling that way or an open world game, something where like, I feel like I could be immersed, but not, not so immersed that like I'm apart from the world, just like I'm enjoying an experience, like watching a movie or something. But I think social, social games at that point really, really do uh, appeal. Yeah, I agree. All right. On to three. Hey. Tier, tier three. I hope this isn't too long. No, Sorry. this is great. Uh, I, okay. Joss, well, so, I, I said I love lists. I was not, I was not okay. whistling Dixie. All right. <laughs> so uh, number three is something bad happened recently, but I'm kind of on the upswing and recovering. Okay. Um, so here we have casual League of Legends, like a super casual mode. Uh, also, this is where we start sliding into MMORPGs, which is the warning sign okay. when I slide into MMORPGs. Oh, no. When I reinstall WoW or Final Fantasy XIV or, God forbid, Black Desert Online, <laughs> it's a red flag because it starts with the dailies and then it slides into the rating. And it's a slippery slope for me. Okay. Um, the other thing I do in this specific stage is Minecraft with magic mod packs. Interesting. So, so essentially an MMO. Here's my like. Hmm? So essentially sort of like an MMO. Sort of like an MMO, except by yourself because I play it on my own. Okay. So, But basically Minecraft has a whole bunch of different types of mods. And the ones that I want to play when I'm feeling kind of bummed are the ones where like you do a bunch of flower magic and like build really pretty houses and stuff. Oh, I can understand so it's, like, that. The, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having a nice like. When you talk about like escapism, it's like I build like a really pretty Italian villa looking Minecraft mansion where I have like a cauldron in the basement and cast spells and summon owls nice. or whatever. Yeah, that's beautiful. Right? I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What would mine be? You know, probably at this point I'd, I'd pick something that I thought was like, quote unquote, productive. So I felt like a little better about it. So I might mm. I might like do a game that I want to write about. Um 
but something that's a little slower paced, I probably wouldn't want to stream. Um, like I, I'm, you know, streaming a couple couple games regularly at this point. I probably wouldn't choose to do that if I was feeling on the third level. But like, so I I, I played through System Shock two uh, a little while back just to because I never gotten a chance to uh, before. Um, and that would be a good example for that, where like it's familiar enough because I've been playing it, but also I can say like, well, it's not just like I'm wasting time. I'm I'm doing something, so I'm getting I'm I'm getting over this. I'm getting better. Yeah. 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 It's it's uh, I'm climbing. I'm climbing. Yeah. It's like when I when I knit for twelve hours while watching Star Trek over and over, I'm like, but I made a scarf. Yeah. It it, it created so something. Fine. Yeah. If I like, it's or if I like, fine. take a nap and then I say, but think about it. Now I can stay up late and work. <laughs> say there you go smart smart yeah, that's right i like it that's what that's where i'm at uh no yeah i totally agree this this third level is kind of a weird one because it's where you start feeling like okay if i if if i don't do something that i can justify as being real i'm gonna it's gonna be bad yeah we're gonna go yeah i'm gonna go down the uh down the hole right which brings me to level four <laughs> which i call i'm normal everything is normal which is Uh-oh. the denial stage. <laughs> yeah, this is the denial stage. So here I have MMORPG slow sinking sensation, which is that slippery slip that I was talking about. You're just telling yourself uh, that it's okay to be into an MMO It's okay, it's point. okay. Like, it's good to raid. I'm still talking to people. Like, we're solving a problem together. This is fine. Yeah, we're playing five hours a day, but, like, you know, like, we have to solve the puzzles. So, like, whatever. <laughs> and then uh, also in this stage, 50-hour JRPGs. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like the whole thing, what, like yeah, you, all the way through every Trails in the Sky game. You, just like you gotta, powering. you gotta do it. I mean, you've been meaning to play those for a while. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And the story is good, so it's basically like reading a book, which people don't look down upon. Yeah, and you so just say, fun. "I'm reading this book called Trails in the Sky." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you call it a manga. That's a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening. I was listening to a uh, a story read out loud in a podcast, and uh, it was like a serious story, like from the from the perspective of an older person. But you could tell, like the writer wasn't super creative with their voice because they had the older person say, like, maybe you'd call it like a manga or something. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think they would. One call of those it that. mango books. My uh, <laughs> aunt once called them mango books. I could see an older person say that. Not not manga though. And then certainly yeah. not in the correct, uh, like, uh, English pronunciation. Um, very bizarre. Yeah, very strange. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think, like, the I'm normal thing, I might ping weirdly back to social games. Like, I might try to play Siege, or I might say, oh, yeah, I'm around tonight to play Siege, and then sleep through it, or um, stream and do kind of a bad job and feel bad after the, after it, like... That's one of those ones where I feel like, oh, I'm I'm fine. I can do this stuff. And it just kind of – I keep hitting roadblocks and falling asleep or whatever. Gotcha. Like self-sabotaging. That That's usually what, what happens then. That's good. That's good. I mean it's not good. But well, no. I mean it's better it than – It makes sense. It could be worse. It makes sense. <laughs> I guess. It could be worse. Which leads us to – Speaking of which, <laughs> number five. Uh-oh. Can't do anything, including get out of bed. Oh, no. So this is an interesting stage for me because we don't play video games at all except except mobile games mm. where I can just lie in bed and, like, fish in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Okay. Because that requires no leaving bed. So That's fair. Also, this is the one that I referred to earlier where I read a shitload of books. So I kind of, like, read and, like, press a button on 
Animal Crossing on my phone. So I, I like, and, and it may just be because I've, I've set myself up in a system where this happens, but I can't, I like, I, I don't have days where I can't get out of bed because inevitably I have to get out of bed to f- fulfill some sort of responsibility, which Oh, no, no, fine. me too. But like I, in, in like in any time that I'm not at work, I will just lie in bed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I think generally what I will do in those periods of time is I will load up some sort of either walking simulator or mystery game because, and this is, Oh, you know what? I did this with Edith Finch the other day. I did this exact thing. Yeah. Oh my God. You're totally right. Maybe, maybe it's for the same reason. Like for me, those are such like, they're easy to pin down of like, okay, there's a story here. It's interesting, but I can also check off things in a box. Like I did this. Now I can move on. I did that. Now I can move on. Um, have you played Edith Finch? I haven't yet. I know I should. All right, the things you check off are really fucked up. Yeah, I know. I talked to I talked <laughs> as to, a warning. I talked to Hazelman Fortin about it a, like a long time ago before she was also working. Oh, she's a good one. Yeah, before she was working in the industry too. Um, yeah, she, that was our that was the first time she was on the podcast, and then she she like messaged me after, and she's like, "I lied to you when I said I was doing nothing on the podcast. Now I'm writing for Arcane." And I was like, "Well, that's oh, shit. that's good news." Uh, but she came back on, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, no, Edith Finch looks great. Um, and actually, like that sound, like part of part of what's keeping me from playing it is knowing that like there's some messed up stuff I have to do in this, and I like. I like watching British mysteries. I don't read them as much, which makes me feel worse than you. Um, but like, <laughs> I will. No, it's definitely good to have an encyclopedic knowledge of like every British murder mystery book and TV show that was ever made. Yeah. It's actually extremely normal and makes me a good person. Yeah, definitely that uh, my wife and I <laughs> relax by watching uh, any given British murder mystery um, and have watched all of them uh, means that we are doing the right thing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But the I think like I think I, I go to those games because they really do provide you with substantive things you can check off a list. Like it, it, it might be the academic in me, but maybe this is just everyone where like one of the things that bothers me the most about my work is that it doesn't have an ending. Right. There's no there's no end to it. It's not like a, a job where I can check off tasks like I could always make something I do better. I could revise something or I could start a new project or something like that. Whereas with uh, a, a video game, specifically a video game that's narrative driven, you just check off the box and keep moving through the narrative. And that gives An me solace. An excellent way to scratch this itch for me is World of Warcraft achievement farming. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are so many things on the list and you can just do them forever. Yeah, you can do all of them. And you can do them by yourself. For the most part. Yeah, that's a good one. I like this. Oh, yeah. This is where I it, it gets dangerous for me because I'll play uh, Metroidvanias here too. But I will get really, really invested in doing like finding everything in them in a way that is not like relevant to the plot or anything that I could get out of it. And I have that thing where like I get the achievement and then it doesn't make me feel good. And that makes me feel worse. <laughs> But what have we learned? Yeah, nothing. 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 Nothing <laughs> ever. <laughs> so Good. What level are we at now? Is it six now? Uh, that was that was five. Okay. Uh, so now we're Ooh, getting boy. we're getting into the we're getting into the depths. Oh no! Uh, so it's it's just it's just bad. It's for gonna me. get worse. Um. So level six is something truly traumatic happened, and I'm extremely not okay. Okay. Um. So examples of this are like. A couple of years ago, it turned out I had a stomach tumor and I had to get a surgery 
uh, or I would have died. And then I wasn't able to eat solid food for like two months. Okay. So this was this was a moment. I don't hit this level that often, but like when I do, I deal with it in a really specific way that I have talked about at length in therapy. Okay. So at this point, uh, I will play stuff like Harvest Moon or Rune Factory or basically anything where you have to micromanage things. All right. Um, like Minecraft can pop in here as well. Like the super micromanagey tech mods. Um the biggest danger here is relapsing into playing Reseteer for a million hours. Oh, no. You played that game? Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't played it, but it's on my list, which is like, now, now I'm scared that it's on my list because I very All much right. relate so with what you're the, saying. So for anybody who doesn't know what Reseteer is, uh, it's a game where you are in a shop and you manage the shop, but you have to pay off your debt. And it the the amount you have to pay increases over time, and you do that by like going and killing things, and then selling them or like craft. I don't think you can craft actually, but like you sell the stuff that you get from going into dungeons in the shop, and you just have to. It's like capitalism simulator. Right. Actually, the tagline in it is capitalism ho, <laughs> um, and you just like you can just play it indefinitely, and it's just like a stacking debt system, which is sort of like going to school for ten years, like I did. And yeah, there you go. it's just like you can just play it and micromanage everything in the universe and just go and go and go and it never stops. And it is so dangerous. Yeah, no. And, and that's like I mean, that's why stuff like I, I played a ton of Harvest Moon when I was uh, just like really in kind of a weird place applying for my first set of jobs, which would lead nowhere and finishing my dissertation and like. I would just I could play Harvest not Harvest Moon um uh, uh, uh Stardew Valley. I could play Stardew Valley for hours and hours and hours cuz it was like okay, I'm just going to collect things. I'm just going to fish. Uh just one more day. I'll just do another day and it was so orderly and nice that it just like the Stardew time... Valley comes later for me. Oh no. Um, <laughs> the, the time the time kind of <laughs> oh, no. The time kind of blurred away there. But yes, I I see what you're saying. I like it has to be something I I like at this at that point like I and I already know I don't want to learn anything new at this level the the trend for me as we go deeper down into these levels which is what I've talked about extensively in therapy is the need to control the world around me Mm. and if I can't control the external world because something traumatic happens or my moods are too unstable or like I'm like the world around me feels un. Uh, like just like unfriendly to me, I use video games as worlds that I can completely control. Okay, yeah. So the farther down we go, the more that shows up. That so that's sense. my personal thing. Yeah, yeah. So what's the next level? I mean, we're 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 getting we're getting close to the end here. This is this is getting. We dire. are. We're in level seven. Oh boy. Uh, level seven is everything is going wrong, and I feel completely alone. Okay. So in this one, we get a desperate dip into casual League of Legends for social interactions that ultimately feel hollow and unfulfilling. Okay. Um, So what happens here, because human interactions feel hollow and unfulfilling, uh, I turn to stuff like Skyrim or The Witcher or Dragon Age Uh that make you feel super invested in NPCs and, like, the socialness of the game without actually having to interact with another human being. Nice. So basically just escaping into a really rich world that's been built for me where I don't have to think about myself. Hmm. I like, I can't, if I get very 
depressive. I can't do I can't do like choices. Choices make me uh, very anxious at this point. Oh. And so those kind of like social worlds uh, don't work at that level. So usually I'll pick a very repetitive game. Um, that's I just I'll just play beat 'em ups basically. Like I'll play you know your standard Batman games or whatever. Whatever. Like they're not. I've learned over time that they are not ever going to be interesting, but they fill kind of a void of just like okay, I know what this is. I know that I can press the button. I know it will pass time, and I don't have to like think about hard things um i was talking to my friend about this earlier and he said that when he reaches the send help stage he plays disgaea which is really similar because you play mm. the same level over and over again oh that's and interesting just, yeah yeah i don't think it's the, i think i think it's maybe a little lower uh, down for me still but that's kind of like what I, there are some games that i've played over and over and over again um, like, um, uh, cave story is one of these and, um, uh, the, the biggest one, the one that I've probably, oh, the played. comfort games. Yeah. The game I've probably played, like, I don't know, probably like 40 times over is, um, the original jet grind radio on uh, dreamcast. <laughs> I played oh that God. like a billion times. I could, I could probably compile it from memory. Um, and that would probably be like my level nine, but I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun on it. So, uh, what is level eight? Level eight is nothing in the universe has meaning, and my life is worthless. Okay. So this stage is eight hours a day, Stardew Valley, all of the time, every mod. Nice. So just this is the Stardew Valley only stage. <laughs> this is a complete <laughs> departure into the world of Stardew Valley. And by the way, I just want to say every single game I've named, I love so much and it has so much personal meaning to me. And I don't want to make it sound like these are just depression crutches or whatever, because they actually like really, really help me and yeah. have deep meaning to me. But Stardew Valley, I have played like 300 hours of and it is just the place I go to, like, feel okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It's, it's the album you only listen to on your worst day for me. Well, it's like, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a game that's very, I'm trying to think of, like, how to explain this. It, it, it feels real, but it also feels very um, accepting. Like, there's there are real parts of it, but it's small enough, it's, it's, varied enough that you kind of can live there and it doesn't ever make you feel like okay uh this place doesn't want me and like the characters are fucked up like that's something you don't get in harvest moon so much except like karen and harvest moon 64 who has a drinking problem Whoa. um for the most part a lot of the similar games to this don't have like mega flawed characters but like there's a cutscene in Stardew Valley where Shane like gets falling down drunk and is thinking about throwing himself off a cliff. Yeah, it, Shane's like, intense. Man, this guy's fucked up. This guy's fucked up. Like, yeah. <laughs> if this guy can make it, I'm all right. Like, <laughs> you aren't like the the hero of the town, and the people around you also aren't really heroes either. Yeah, and like it's it, it's an interesting game that way because there's definitely you know it definitely sets itself up to be sort of like that where like you, you know, oh, I'm sick of this world of, you know, this everyday work a day world and I'm going to go to my grandfather's farm and you get there and it really could be a game where you're just like, and now to, to, you know, remake this farm and make everyone love me. And it really isn't like, you can just, you really don't 
it's because like there's no real negative like end game. You can't lose the game necessarily. So like unless you buy everything at Jojo Mart, in which case mm-hmm. your history is greatest monster. Then you lost. And I don't understand you. Yeah. What are, yeah. What are you doing? In my eyes. Yeah. What are you doing? Don't ever you buy anything. You got some cheap seeds, but was it worth it? it the answer is no. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like you can, you can't lose unless you're a monster. Um, and <laughs> in real life, in IRL, uh, but the, you know, you can, you can just kind of exist in the, in the town. Like they're not, they aren't relying on you. And that is, that really is like, I don't know. It, it is, it's, it's kind of relieving. Yeah. So we're getting, is this, are we actually at level nine? We are at level nine. We are at the bottom. Oh, goodness. Uh, level nine is the unspeakable ninth circle of depression hell, uh-huh. uh, which I can't even describe. Like, you just know when you're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, there's only one thing to do with video games. It's Minecraft with Sky Factory mods. Ooh. And I think about the blocks every moment of the day. Okay. And the only thing that matters is the blocks. Okay. Is what I read. <laughs> All right. Have you- do you know what a Sky Factory mod is? I, 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 I don't. I'm not going to lie. I have no idea. Okay. So Titus, my best friend, calls this Psycho Mode Minecraft. <laughs> and basically, in normal Minecraft, right, you spawn on a map. And there's, like, a big map to explore that goes on infinitely as long as your computer has RAM, basically. And uh, you just build whatever you want. You, like, gather resources, right? Um, there are animals, there are people, it's like a populated world. Okay, cool. So, in Minecraft Sky Factory mods, there is no map. You spawn on a single tree on a piece of dirt in the middle of an empty world, and you have to create the map yourself. Wow. So, this means, basically, uh, in the older versions, uh, there are newer ones too, but, like, what you do is you basically... You you get, like, a stick or whatever from the tree, and then you use the stick to make a crook, which lets you harvest saplings from the tree. And then after you've harvested all of the saplings you can, you cut down the tree, and then you make, like, a crafting table, and you make a thing to uh, compost stuff in. So you compost the saplings to get more dirt and then you, you post, you, you plant the saplings and then slowly you build out more pieces of dirt and trees. And that process that I just described takes like five hours on its own, right? Like just to get dirt and trees is like a five hour process. And then you take the dirt that you can now make pretty reliably and you sift it to get seeds and pebbles and then you take those pebbles and you can start making cobblestone out of it and at some point you want to make some rain barrels to get water uh and then you start like once you have like seeds you can grow some grass like maybe you grow a little bit of wheat um and then eventually it rains and you get rain in the water barrel uh so now you have water so now you can plant stuff and you get agriculture and then once you've gotten agriculture uh you can Rely, you can plant yourself like a little field a little bit farther away with grass. And then hopefully at some point an animal will spawn on it someday. And then you can start having like, you know, livestock. Animal husbandry, and, yeah. And yeah, and, and, and you just do this all from a single tree. Wow. And, 
unless you're playing with a person, which I certainly don't, you are completely <laughs> alone in this world. You are the god of this Minecraft world. You create it piece by piece. Wow. So if you're talking about control over the world, that is... Minecraft Sky Factory, <laughs> Sky Factory mods are like the epitome. Wow. And to get to play this video game mode, I have to be at my fucking deepest darkest life <laughs> yeah I, I can i mean that is that is intense I mean, you can't see yeah. my face but i'm like my my jaw dropped at one point while you were describing it like it's so it's wild yeah it's fucking crazy okay whoa <laughs> that's that for me you know i i'm trying to think of a good a good corollary for me and i think like for me i just immediately i just need comfort food and a sense of like I need it to be something that I've seen before. I need it to have a rhythm and I need to be able to get into some sort of like fugue state with it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So like weirdly, I would never have thought this before, but there was a period of time where I played like way too much of this and it it worked this way for me was a sunless sea because it's slow. Oh shit. Yeah. It's slow. We talked about it on our other podcast. Yeah. And I remember you didn't like it, which is fair. You had good reason for not liking it. It was sort of derivative, but like, I mean, you had a you had a decent point. I like. I think they've they've kind of an asshole. They've done more. They've <laughs> done more with it since then. So I mean, I don't I don't feel bad saying that. I've had Chris, uh, one of the guys, uh, the creative guys, uh, Chris Gardner, on the podcast before. They're they're nice folks, and they uh, I, Chris Gardner. Sorry for calling your video game derivative. <laughs> I don't know if he still listens. Um, Clearly, I'm a deeply de- uh, unhappy person. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'll play that. Like, I'll I, and it's it's just the pace of it is is so easygoing, but consistent you have to micromanage but if you lose it's like well yeah i just lost that happens in the game i'll just start over again and then you get to start over again i need and like uh, I'm, I'm looking at other games that i play uh dead cells is is a game that I've, i went to recently for this where it's like mm. i just kind of get through a little bit of it and i die and that's okay because that's what happens in dead cells and just start over again like it's i can't it has to be a game i'm familiar with it has to be a game that doesn't have a lot of plot um although sunless sea does have well, Sunless Sea has descriptions, not plot. It's uncovering stuff. It's it's finding things. That's okay. But it can't have a, a deep narrative. It can't have anything I want to analyze. It just has to be something where my fingers kind of do the walking and I can check in and out uh, at any given point because that's what I'm going to want to do. Um, and that's why games like some of my favorite games of, of, of late, like I'm looking, I'm, again, I'm looking through these lists and I'm seeing Night in the Woods and I'm remembering how long it took me to beat Night in the Woods because like, that is nowhere near that. Like, I love that game, but it is not a game where I just can kind of go on autopilot in any way. Um, I like thirst. I thirsted through that game. Like, I know you've had. Oh, uh, Scott on a number of times. Yeah. 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 So shout outs to him. Uh, And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't stop playing this game. Like when I have a really good narrative that I care about, I will just like power through it and that's how i was with that game i was just like so immersed i love narrative like i i, I more and more like i found I, I tried to play dying light the other day which i i've, I've played it before I've, i enjoy dying light but um i tried to play it and i was like man i don't know about this open world thing i kind of just want like a i kind of want to be on rails and do a narrative <laughs> like man that's a that's a weird thing to admit did you play Horizon Zero Dawn? Not yet. No, I have it, but I it's, it's on the list. It's like both. Oh man, it's like both. can't wait. Yeah. Um, I'll also get into stuff like where where it's like an impossible sort of like NES style um, 
you know, difficulty game, like where, where like the puzzles and the, the set pieces get more and more, uh, like Ikaruga or something like that, bullet hells, mm. puzzle games, stuff like that. And I'll just, I'll play them and I will keep saying one more time until it's three o'clock in the morning. Um, that, that only ever happens when I'm in the deepest, deepest throws. Yeah. Same with Stardew Valley for me. Like yeah. that phase, I'm just like, one more day, one more day, one more day. Yep. And it, and eventually it is because you have to fall asleep at some point. Um, ostensibly. Yeah. Sometimes in front of the computer. <laughs> just w- the wake up. Oh, Stardew Valley. I'll start again. Listen, like I live alone, so there's no one to stop me from having horrific personal habits. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, you know, as much as sometimes, privilege. much as sometimes, yeah, I wish I could uh, just have a bunch of uh, untapped uh, access to my worst impulses. Uh, I guess it's good that I don't. Um, that's, such, that's such a good way to describe <laughs> things for me. <laughs> like, it, it definitely is something, I mean, like, sometimes when I'm just like, oh man, I don't have the time to play through, like, this 90-hour RPG, oh, there's a voice in the back of my head's like, well, if you didn't have a family, you'd probably play through it in three days. It's like, yeah, I, I guess I would. <laughs> and that wouldn't be good. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's a trade-off. It absolutely is. Because um, it is, I mean, like, like I, I think there's there's something that you said earlier that I'd like to say again. is like, it's not as if any of these games are, I'm like, any of the games I list, I'm casting aspersions on, like, oh, I don't like it because it's something I only play when I'm at my worst or something like that. It really is something that I enjoy. It's it's a thing that, like, that immersion helps me and makes me feel good in, in ways that things like movies or television don't. Um, even books sometimes don't. You know, like, it's just, like, it's a very, it's a very particular feeling and it helps. Um and there, you know, there's some, there's a very real joy in being able to be like, you know, I just need to play a video game for ten hours, um, and being able to do it. Yeah, it's it makes me. I'm turning thirty next month, and it, I definitely, like I said, with the external anxiety or internal anxiety, I'm like, I'm thirty, still doing what I was doing at sixteen. Oh God, <laughs> right. Um, and that part sometimes makes me feel kind of bad. Uh but I don't really think it should. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't feel that way about anybody else. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I, I, I question the value of what I'm doing and like, you know, those are, I think anyone, anyone does, uh, if they're sort of, if you're doing something that you basically have to bring all the value to (laughs) where you're just like, yeah, "Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep writing essays saying why this is valuable is sort of the, (laughs) the, the old, the old creed I've lived the, my entire life by, which certainly doesn't, uh, add to any of this uh, justifying your roi yeah, that's right I? justifying my roi constantly <laughs> to own the libs um <laughs> but yeah like the I, I think like the you know there there are those days but then like there's something there's something very like i guess at a, at a certain point i gave up on video games or didn't give up on video games but i kind of fell out of them and when I came back to them, it was less about like, oh, I'm a gamer. Or I like games or like I got to play this game because, uh, you know, I, I love RPGs. I play them all. Like it was more about just like, oh, I guess I'll just play some video games because it makes me feel good. And that's when I fell right back into it. Like just like accepting them on their own terms and being like, this is something I enjoy as a person, um, which is not something I think a lot of us are willing to admit all the time. I, I think that's like the most kind of elemental and best way to enjoy them. It's definitely where I'm at. Like, even though I'm 
kind of professionally obligated to like if, if I didn't play video games, my life would be really weird to be living. Yeah, right? so <laughs> I should be playing video games. What do you think of those patch notes? I, I don't understand what those are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> me don't speak gamer. Um, no, but like at, the reason that I got here is that I've always, you know, like it was my dream to work in the games industry sure. since I was a kid. And well, not, not since I was maybe 14 or 15. And like it's, it's, I'm here because I feel that way. I will say that maybe the thing, academia fucked me up in a lot of ways as it does. Yeah, it will. And yeah. I, I think, and I've been out of it for, God, like two years now. And I think the thing that it fucked up the most for me was my relationship with books mm-hmm. because I originally wanted to study literature, but that didn't end up happening. And since I was, I was one of those kids who read a bajillion books. Yeah, right? me too. Um, and, and going into grad school, I actually really at first enjoyed reading books until stuff started getting kind of fucked up for a variety of reasons. And books became a harbinger of misery and even now, like I'm only now dragging my like myself into reading like detective novels, and that's like as far as I can go. I have to force myself to. Like, yeah, I'm so like, there even with though you. I have like a a really really rich and deep relationship with books in the past, I I still haven't gotten back to it the way that you're describing with video games. Like, I still feel really it's just really painful for me to to deal with that and. So far in the games industry, it is not destroying that relationship with games hmm. like that at all, Interesting. which I think is why I turn to them so much. Well, that's a very healthy thing. I mean, you know, we hear a lot of negatives about the game industry. And, and you know, like, I, I don't mean to say that they're not negative. I've had people on to talk about unionization and stuff like that and, you know, terrible work hours for, for QA. I mean, there's all sorts of things to, to dislike. <laughs> but... There's also things that are really good about it, right? Like, I mean, that tugging at my collar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I've never heard anything about that from Riot. I've only heard really good things about Riot, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. Um, you know, I've never, I've never had anyone on here who said like, and then the biggest person to this is Riot. Like, they seem to have a very good reputation um, from the brief writing on esports I did, but. It's also like I think that speaks well to them and maybe the games industry in general that like you can work in it forever and it still is a joy in some way. Like it, it does have something different from work. It, it's not just okay. This is all mechanized and and monetized, and I don't care about it uh, as a leisure activity. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has a bigger place in my life than uh, work, and it always has, mm-hmm. which I think helps. Yeah. I think really the only the only place it gets kind of slippery is league, uh, sure. which some days I'm like, you know, I really need to keep up on what's happening, even though I don't really I don't really like it or I want to take a break. I'm like, I take breaks pretty regularly, like for a week or two, but I always come back to it, which luckily hasn't like burned me out yet in a big way. That's interesting. I mean, do you feel like do you feel like you've grown to enjoy league more than when you started? Yeah, a lot. When I was first learning League, I basically hadn't played any competitive video games except uh, World of Warcraft when I was, like, 15. Mm. And I cried a lot learning how to play it because I felt really stupid. It's hard to... I, like, <laughs> I've, I have apologized to so many people. I had... I Yeah, like, my, my general story with uh, with uh, playing, Do- I, playing Dota 2 with someone, they, like, they yelled at me because I screwed up. And they're, like, one of my friendliest uh, friends... 
Like they're just like very sweet people, but they got so mad at me because I just kept screwing up and they eventually apologized. They were like, I'm sorry. I was like, no, it's just because I'm really bad at this. Um, yeah. It's hard. Competitive games are tough. Yeah. And it's uh, I, the, the nice thing. I think this is true of all competitive games, but I know it's true about League is that no matter how good you are, people still think that at your level, they suck at the game. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of impressive. Like I have friends who are way better than I am and they'll 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 qualify every time. They're like, I just had a really good game, but I could have done this better because I'm fucking shit at this game. <laughs> and they'll be in like the top one percent of league players worldwide. Yeah. And they'll say this and I'm like, all right, man. Sure. <laughs> sure. And that was like so once it once you make some good friends, it's kind of like, well, we're all garbage. Yeah. And it's we like, can be right, garbage then. together. Yeah. Exactly. We can be garbage friends in the trash can. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like that's kind of how I felt when I when I I went to uh, Combo Breaker this year, uh, which is like a fighting game tournament, um, and I was amazed at how uh i was amazed at how friendly everyone was and how like how much camaraderie there was how much like um you know inclusion on like racial and even gender uh levels there was i mean relative relatively speaking for gender but i mean like i mean it was a very sort of like i would say like integrated in 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 ways that don't you know don't carry the baggage of that word uh uh environment and like a lot of people i talked to are like oh yeah it's just because like we meet together and we're all friends and like if you try to get better at the game no one cares how bad you are and i was like that's amazing and it sort of sounds like how you're saying it like everyone's like wow i'm bad at this because it's always hard and you're always learning something yeah, pretty much. Like it's you know, like when you're when you're bronze or whatever, you still don't understand like the basic mechanics of how to press buttons, mm-hmm. let alone the intricacies of the current meta changes and like the macro game and where to be on the map and yeah. like jungle pathing and like, you know, all of this shit, like vision where it should go when it should happen how you control the wave like you just have to keep fucking learning all of those things and people do it in different orders and people are always like differently good at different parts of it sure and it's just like yeah that's cool so we're all garbage basically we're all garbage and we're friends in this garbage can there's your title for the podcast. friends in this garbage can i'm gonna actually i'm gonna i'm gonna write that down because that's actually very good (laughs) um but um well, uh, let me ask you this, Joss. Uh, any tips for people looking to get into League? Oh, God. I can't talk too much about League or I'll get yelled Don't at. Don't talk too much um, about it. I, this is a positive thing. I, like, <laughs> I, I just want you to say something nice about it. I'm not even setting you up. Uh, tips for people getting into League. Um, if you can, play with friends because it helps. Uh, if you are intimidated by the number of champs in the game... Uh, you should start with just a few. Uh, usually it's good to be like pretty good at like five. So if you just play like five of them and at first you just ignore all of the other ones, it can help you focus. Uh, and the last thing is that we're all garbage. So don't worry if you're bad because everyone's trash <laughs> <laughs> in the world of games. Excellent. All right. That's wonderful. Well, uh, thanks yeah. so much. Do you think we hit on most of our topics today? I think, we, I think we've covered depression. Uh, I think we covered depression. I don't know if you wanted to trick me into talking about politics. You didn't. No, I was lying about that. that. I'm not actually going to gotcha uh, into talking. I was on edge the whole time. You were? <laughs> no. Oh, no. good. You sounded so so relaxed. I was like, man, you fooled me. Well, it's impressive. Famous for that. 
Yeah, well, yeah, famous master master of disguise, uh, Jocelyn. <laughs> well, everyone should follow Jocelyn. I lied about uh, if you don't know her at it's at G U L D E U X C H A T S. As I as I'm to understand, it is a Star Trek and cats pun. Uh, when explained to me, I thought it was very funny. Um, yeah. But it's just it's just because I didn't know the references because I'm a, I'm a fake nerd. Yeah, I'm not going to explain them here because uh, if you don't understand, why follow me? <laughs> well, <laughs> that opens up a whole new bag of worms. Um, all right. All right. Well, Joss, <laughs> thank you so much for being on. Uh, when 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 you are allowed or when you have uh, another chance, I'd love to have you back on. It's been fun. It's been fun podcasting with you again. I'd missed it. Yeah, as much fun as things can be in this <laughs> world of trash. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll talk again soon. Have Bye. a good one. Bye.